When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. What's up, Greg? What's up, John? <laughs> Patriots. Patriots, Greg Bedard, Patriots podcast. Let's do it. Um, John Zanis subbing in for uh, Nick Cattles, uh, who is off this week. He'll be back later on the week for episode two. But we're going to get into uh, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about over the weekend. Uh, we want to remind everybody at home, rate, review, uh, subscribe. Our podcast, as always, is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the code CLNS50. Uh, Greg, I, I, as we spent the entire year talking about the quarterback situation, it seems like we're going to spend the entire offseason talking about quarterbacks, and it's still the dominant storyline, and it's shaping up to be an offseason unlike any other with the potential quarterback movement uh, that could happen this year. I mean, and I'll go over my list later, but yours might be slightly different. We're looking at potentially only about 12 NFL teams, maybe 13 if you count the Jags who are going to take Trevor Lawrence, who are dead yep. set on who their starting quarterback is going to be next year. And everybody mm-hmm. else is just – so the dominoes dropping here or just where they're going to fall, it's going to be so tricky to see – who goes where and then what you should do and can you get this guy and can you draft that guy and what if you can't trade for this guy, who's your fallback? And a lot of teams are in the same boat. Uh, And obviously the Patriots are desperately needy for a quarterback. So the hot name here, which surfaced late last week or over the weekend, was Matthew Stafford. So just give us your take on Stafford as a fit in New England. Is this a guy immediately, everyone had an opinion, yep, I'd trade the 15 pick, absolutely. The question even get it done. So just your initial thoughts on the Stafford situation and how that could uh, play out for the Patriots. Okay. Well, first of all, to answer uh, the first question, I do not think the 15th overall pick just gets it done. I mean, we just heard from Adam Schefter today saying like the Lions are already getting calls from people trying to gauge uh, how much it's going to take. I talked to, uh, an NFL personnel executive for a team that will already does have interest in Matthew Stafford. And I asked him, what did I, what did he think he was going to go for? And he said either a first and a third this year, possibly a second first and a second, depending on how uh, heated the, the bidding goes or a first this year and a first next year. So that's pretty expensive uh, in my opinion. And I think it will be for the Patriots. Now, let's just start with, is he a fit? I think he's absolutely a fit. I, I Look, I think anybody with the Patriots that they're looking at, I, and I think they've learned this lesson hard this year with Cam Newton, is that they need someone who is 
and this isn't to say that Cam isn't these things. It's just he wasn't a good fit for it. They need somebody who's cerebral, who understands, maybe has played in a system similar to this where there are a lot of diff- different options that right. you can really see the totality of the field. When, you, when you're in this offense, and we're even seeing it now somewhat with Brady with the Buccaneers because they're do, they've adopted a lot of Patriots things down the stretch here, is you have to understand even – you have to win before the snap. Okay, you can't play in the Patriots system and snap the ball and not have a good idea of what's going to happen in terms of who's going to be open, how the defense is going to be influenced, all that stuff. You have to win before the snap. Cam Newton rarely ever won before the snap. So that's number one that you need. Number two, you need somebody who is who is tough. Uh, and number three, you need somebody who is a very hard worker. I think Matthew Stafford checks all those boxes, plus – he has the additional plus of being uh, somewhat mobile. Um, Matthew Stafford is incredibly tough physically. Um, I, I, from what I've seen of Stafford, and and he's been a, in a variety of systems. I do think he can. He has the potential to win before the snap. I think he has done it in his career, and I think he. I think he has a lot of intang- intangibles. So I think that he is a fit for the Patriots, John. But I just worry. I just think you combine what you're going to have to get up in draft co- draft pick compensation plus what you're going to have to pay him, which is um, I think somewhere in the mid-20s as far as what's left on his deal each year. And, and, and look, you can renegotiate that and what have you. But the combination of those two things, I have a tough time seeing the Patriots do. And I, I have a tough time seeing them getting into a bidding war over anybody. I mean, John, just look at the, the the report that surfaced this weekend. And I love these reports, John, that, you know, Stefan Diggs is having a great year for the almost, they guess almost what? had him. They almost had I, him, Greg. Guess what? They were the in Patriots on him. Almost had him. Yeah. I mean, I just love this stuff. Adam Humphreys, Cole Beasley, OBJ. the Patriots. <laughs> OPJ. The Patriots, the past like five years, are the king of the almost off seasons. The Red Sox and, have uh, taken that mantle this this year. I know. They're in a they're in a tug of war. But you always hear that with and it's always like nine months later, like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't know how close they came last offseason to something, you know? It's it, it's it, it's classic. And I, <laughs> I don't it, buy the digs thing at all. But anyway. It's also funny that we never hear like, all right, say say this guy signed someplace else and he was a really crazy crappy free agent you never you never hear oh the patriots almost got that guy before he had a really terrible season like you never you never hear that stuff it's just funny but i i think that uh in general on stafford i they just aren't going to get in the bidding war they got out of one when it got heated for digs that's sort of where they are the patriots will come in they'll say here's our offer take it or leave it i'm sure the lions will get better elsewhere and you know probably the the colts you know, we'll see. You can convince yourself that digs and a high-priced receiver is a luxury item. And it's something, you know, uh, t- top-shelf high-priced receivers and the cost it takes to either acquire them or to uh, spend and get them in free agency and pass rushers are luxury items the Patriots have kind of decided to punt on uh, yep. in the past just because they just don't see the value fit there. Um, so you can do that. You can't do that with quarterback anymore. Don't you think after a year of this with Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl, Belichick having to sit through whatever he sat through this past year and realizing we can't do this with at least a league average quarterback. We can get we can 
we we would be fine with one, but we got to get one. And I don't know where to get one right now. And Stafford, again, the thing with Stafford that's so tantalizing, which I'm not surprised at all, is exactly that. He checks every single box. His metrics and his stats kind of places him in the middle of the pack in terms of overall production as a quarterback. Uh, But the eye test tells you something different, just his creativity, being able to throw from different arm angles, his toughness, as you said, he's really good scurrying around in the pocket when things break down. Big arm can make all the throws. I can see a ton of NFL offensive types looking at Stafford and being like, I this guy could be top five in the right system, the right sort of things. And at 20 million, 25 million, that's actually a drop in the bucket. I mean, your average, your average cost of a, of a premium NFL quarterback is 35 million and counting right now. So mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the issue. I wonder how desperate Bill finds himself looking around and saying, I'm either Mac Jones or a scrap heap quarterback. I'm either reaching for Mac Jones or a scrap heap sort of guy, or I'm just going to go for it, solve this problem once and for all and worry about everything else later. I don't think it's the most ridiculous. It doesn't fit what they've done in the past, but given what we've seen and given how important this position is and how, how much darkness lies ahead if they don't solve it, I don't, I don't know how you don't consider it, even if it is a massive overpay. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I just think that there will be more thirsty teams uh, going after this, including right. I would put uh, – I'm just looking at the list right San now. Fran. The Panthers, yeah. possibly the Niners, uh, and the Colts. Like I, I would say those three teams I think are will be more thirsty than the Patriots to land a top quarterback, especially the Colts and the Panthers – who I know both of them feel that they are a really good quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know if you put Denver in there too, but you are looking at the Panthers, the Broncos, and obviously the Niners all picking ahead of the Patriots. The Colts pick behind them, so you can yep. have some sort of edge over that team. But you are looking at a solid three teams picking ahead. If the mm-hmm. if the price starts there, then it really comes up to, as you said, it's that third, second round future first sort of uh, maneuvering that's going to probably seal that deal. I actually don't think, I think people are looking at the draft board, Greg, and saying, well, they pick higher. They've got a better shot. I don't think that's it. I think it's the other thing you said is who's willing to part with another future first, who's willing to go with a second. Um, And that's, it's that, it's that, what else are you throwing in there? I guess the one wild card for the Patriots is potentially Stefan Gilmore. And I don't know whether he factors into something like this, but it is a chip that you could consider as something valuable that could sweeten the pot. And I don't know whether well, it factors into this particular deal. Yeah, I, I do not think so. And, no. and, and people ask me about that. And, and uh, Why would Detroit do that? Because they right, have to that's the thing. on top of that. Like Detroit, right. Detroit is in a full rebuild. That's yeah, what they, they gave. You they bring did, him in and pay him. They gave, yeah, they gave Dan Campbell a six-year contract. Why so long? Because they, they they knew they told them, all right, we're, we're going to get rid of the quarterback. Right. Yeah. It's a complete rebuild. Why yeah. would you bring in an aging quarterback coming off an injury who wants a fat contract? Now, Stefan Gilmore, I think, is, is enticing to say the 49ers to get Garoppolo. Like, sure. I could see a swap of that because they, they've had cornerback issues. He goes there. They get their quarterback. Say they get Stafford. They bring in Gilmore on the defensive side. All of a sudden, you're talking about a very formidable team, and the Patriots get their quarterback. Yeah. So 
That's going to be interesting. The other thing, again, is the timing of this, Greg, which I find really interesting, is how does this work? I mean, obviously the Lions want to try to get this done ahead of time, but there's a bunch of teams who are wondering whether they can get their guy in the draft or whether or not to give up capital to go get a person like Stafford. Again, how these dominoes fall and when I think is so interesting because you're really taking a gamble here if, say, you're drafting eight and you're in love with Trey Lance but worried he might not be there, so you trade for Stafford and all of a sudden it comes to eight and you have your pick of three quarterbacks and you're like, crap, that didn't go the way I thought. Maybe I should have stayed pat and done that. I don't see this. I don't see them waiting until the draft to do this deal. So teams have to really take calculated risks here to determine what can I get? Is that better than this? Or do I go all in here? I think in order to feel really good about going for Stafford and selling out, you have to be pretty certain you're not going to get somebody that you that you like a good deal to draft. Yeah, And that, I, that Stafford I, is a huge upgrade over it. Because again, it's still 20, 25 million. That's fine. But there's nothing better than a franchise quarterback on a rookie scale deal. And there's four guys that could be going in the top seven, eight, nine. And if you really like one of those guys, are you going to, are you going to completely uh, just punt on the opportunity to potentially take them if they're there? Uh, I think that anything for Stafford might be agreed to now, but it won't be, it won't commence until the start of the new right. uh, start of the new league year. But I think, you know, you're looking at teams like the Patriots and the Colts that have an abundance of cap space. Those are the teams that are going to be in it. I assume that the Panthers have a lot of cap space. I don't have it in front of me, but you would think, I think they took some dead money hits last year with Cam Newton and other people to get it off their books and sort of reboot for this year. So I, I think they are capable of of making a maneuver. One thing I was just thinking of, John, and related to this is, uh, me personally, I think that the best circumstance for the Patriots is getting Garoppolo. That means the 49ers make a move for a quarterback. Garoppolo already knows the system. Uh, it's it's plug and play. It's Bill's guy. It, it's the easiest thing. But my fear and what I would do if I was Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, I would hang on to Garoppolo for a year. I would trade up a little bit to get Trey Lance, who has that mobility uh, that would be yeah. a good fit for the Kyle Shanahan offense. I keep them together for a year, and then I do the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing for Kansas City in year two, maybe even the end of his rookie year with Trey Lance. That's what I would do. But, it, it, again, because I want to see the Patriots do well, uh, and I want the Patriots fans to you know have good teams to root for, I personally want to see them make a big move for Stafford or somebody else like that and then deal off Garoppolo to the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, another another thing that happened, uh, which somewhat unexpected, even though, again, you never really know here, but uh, Aaron Rodgers' name kind of entered this uh, where-will-he-play pool of players, uh, a lot to do with his with their disappointing loss and his post-game comments after. It seems like, and I know you wrote about this, uh, it seems like the temperature came down on that a little bit, um, yep. on, on Tuesday, uh, Rogers kind of, you know, uh, you know, backtracked on some comments there. Uh, the CEO went on the radio. We're not nuts. We're not getting rid of Rogers. So it feels like this might've been heat of the moment sort of stuff. Uh, Rogers being Rogers passing the buck a little bit, seeming disappointed and frustrated. But at the end of the day, I, I, I have to think this is more about a restructure or, or a new deal than anything else. I, I don't, see Rodgers moving but you thought it's possible because you've covered him and you think mm -hmm. that if he's ever going to make a move like this this might be his opportunity do you still think yeah, that 
Yeah, he's 37, 38. I think that uh, once Rogers gets away and he talks to his people and um, and he sort of thinks about things because he does. He he's a deep thinker. Uh, I I look. It's going to come down to the contract, or Rogers is going to force his way out. Like because he knows he knows what went on with Brady. Jordan Love was picked last year. That irked him that they didn't get him more help. Uh, instead, they drafted his heir apparent. He's still there. He was the number three QB this year. He wasn't even the backup. And Rodgers is in the same position Brady was, similar position, not the exact same, but similar position Brady was after the Patriots beat the Falcons in that Super Bowl, uh, the 2016 season, where we get to the offseason. Brady's all gung-ho. We all think he's going to get a five-year contract extension that will at least keep him there for the next three years, maybe even the whole five, depending on how things went. And instead, Belichick said, nah, there was no contract extension. Jimmy Garoppolo's still there. They do not trade him. That's the summer of they wouldn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo for four first-round picks at this point, which sort of that whole – all of that, that whole offseason got us to where we are now, where, Tampa right. Bay, where Tom's in Tampa Bay and what have you. The Packers are in the same spot right now. What are they going to do? Are they going to fork over more money to Rodgers to lock him up? What does that do with Jordan Love? Are they going to deal Jordan Love and start over again, sort of like the Patriots with Garoppolo? What are they going to do? But I do think Rodgers is putting them basically into the same position that Brady did, which is you need to choose. It's it's me, and you got to give me security in terms of a contract, or you got to get rid of my backup. You got to do one or the other, and or both. And we'll see. I don't think I think this is a long ways from over between those two. And I know Rodgers came out today and said, "I don't really have the power. They have the power." He knows that's not true. That's him rope-a-doping, cooling things a little bit. But behind the scenes, trust me, Aaron Rodgers is going to be making power moves this offseason. How it's going to turn out, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so uh, off of Rodgers, I do want to kind of go through the rest of the quarterback landscape here. It is interesting. Now you permed uh, Rodgers, we for sure. Deshaun Watson, Stafford, for sure. Matt Ryan, they say they're keeping them. You're not really sure. Jimmy G, there's quite a few bits of uncertainty. In fact, if I'm going through this, Greg, and I'm counting the number of teams that are dead set, you absolutely can book it 100% bank who's going to be their quarterback next year. I'm looking at about 12 teams, and that's the Bills, Ravens, I guess Browns, Bengals, I'll say Titans, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, because I don't think they're getting out from under Cousins, but I don't think they're in love no. with that either. Bucks with Brady, you have Seattle with Wilson, Murray at Arizona. I don't know about Jones with the, the Giants. Um, and you could say that the Jags are set because you know they're going to take Trevor Lawrence, but that's a ton of uncertainty. So let's play a little quarterback roulette here. There's a bunch of teams that could do a lot of moves. Let me just what just predict it. Go into your crystal ball here, rapid fire, um, and give your reasoning for it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, where does he play next year? Uh, I think he is in Green Bay next year. Because they yep. work it out. Yeah, I think they. I, I think that uh, Mark Murphy chickens out. This is not having yep. a true owner. Sort of affects the Packers. They 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 react differently. They're very uh, attuned to public sentiment, and yep. I think Murphy does not want to uh, upset his fan base after COVID and all that stuff. 
and losing money, I don't think he wants to piss off people. He's already been through Favre and Rodgers. I don't think he wants to go through it again. All right, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Um, I have him staying in Houston. I think that really? they'll, they'll, they'll make a head coaching pick that uh, that satisfies him. And I think for like this year, at least, he's there. Bienemy or Leslie Frazier or Marvin Lewis, yeah. somebody along those lines. I think they'll do that. Okay. Wow. Watson stays put. I think you'd be in the minority there, but that would be interesting. Um, uh, we've talked about him a great deal, but if you have to handicap it, where does Stafford go? I think Stafford goes to – where did I have him? I'm looking at my list. Uh, hang on one second. Uh, did, did, do. I think – I guess the 49ers. 49ers. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, no, wait. Keep... Actually, Colts. Colts. All right. Colts. Stafford to the Colts. Therefore, if that's the case, Jimmy G remains a 49er? I think Jimmy G – no. I think that the Niners make a deal for Sam Darnold. I think they can get him cheaper, and he's younger. He's still on his rookie deal. I think that the Niners go for Sam Darnold, and Jimmy G ends up with the Patriots. Wow. Jimmy G back to the Patriots. Um, and Darnold was on the list. I'm going to cross him off here, too. Matt Ryan stays in Atlanta? Yes, for for one yep. more year. Yep, One more year. Dak Prescott. But I think Fields – I think they draft Fields. I you think do. the Falcons draft Fields and keep – uh, yeah, and keep Ryan there. All right, Dak. Uh, who's that? Dak, you said Dak, Dak. Prescott. Oh, uh, he's to back Cowboys. to Dallas. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, uh, and uh, last one, uh, Cam Newton. <laughs> I had I had not spent one second thinking about where Cam <laughs> Newton might land. Uh, maybe Washington, but I don't even see that. Maybe Washington. Not a starting game, though, right? Here. No, Is he he'll a starting have to quarterback compete. next year. Nope. He's going to have to compete. Right. And so does he go to one of those coin flip situations where it could be a team that missed everywhere and is looking at, you know, yeah, some, that's why I, I think Washington love, could, be I don't that. love, don't yep. love this guy. He's brought in to compete. Maybe he wins it. Maybe he doesn't, but that's about as good as it gets there. Chance to I, compete. Yeah. And I could also, I could also see Cam Newton possibly, uh, you know, as a backup and say like Seattle or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we do want to get into, uh, and again, this is going to continue to dominate the offseason talk here because uh, especially here, you know, in New England, it's it's the number one who they're going to get for quarterback. So we'll keep having these conversations as it goes along. But we do have a, a Super Bowl in two weeks. We know who's going to play in it. Uh, it's the Chiefs and Tom Brady. It's going to be two weeks of Tom Brady talk, all that comes with it, uh, which obviously involves – uh, Patriots having let him go, and, and you know all of the all, you, I, all of the noise that you love, Greg. Uh, so I yep. want to get into the, the let's get into the games from this weekend and just what you thought saw. Uh, but the the Super Bowl, the line is three and a half according to BetOnline.ag. But we'll get into the games. Uh, tell everybody, of course, BetOnline AG, our exclusive spot. Tell the folks at home about it. Absolutely, there's only one place that has you covered. One place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, I was just looking through some of the props for this weekend, yeah. John. And yeah. first of all, they have halftime specials. First song by the weekend 
Blinding Lights is the favorite. Of course, it was in the commercial. But I'm gonna I, I might have to put a little uh little coin on I feel it coming at plus nine hundred. They all they all, all goes down to Lost in the Fire plus sixteen hundred. They have a cross sports prop. Which will be higher, Tom Brady interceptions or hole in ones at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) There's also one first missed field goal is uh, wide left or wide right is plus 120. Hits the crossbar. It doesn't say whether you make it or not. Plus 1,000. That's an interesting bet. But there's a bunch of stuff on there. So make sure you get over to our guys at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And people love those props. I, 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 I wonder how much money is made by Vegas and just all, all of these books just off the props because it's just such dumb money. It's, it's, these are, it's based on almost nothing other than a guest. It's just basically throwing it away. But it is it's so fun to do it. It's hard to not get involved. Five, There's, six, a six, huh? There's a puppy bowl line. There's it's a puppy bowl. There's a puppy bowl line. Team yeah. fluff versus team rough. Yeah. How can you not, how can you not bet it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to start researching the yeah. puppy bowl. Um, let's get into the weekend games. Uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start we'll start with Brady. Um, obviously, the narrative is Tom Brady did it again. 14th conference championship, 10 Super Bowls. Look, I knew, don't think this was a one man job here, um, and uh, as many people are making it out to be. But I think it is worth a nod. The numbers were remarkable before. But as you keep just stacking them up, it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. Uh, that, that just the ten Super Bowls, the yeah. fourteen conference championship. We're talking about nineteen seasons as a starting quarterback. And I love the when people put things into context. I mean, Brady's more likely to reach the Super Bowl. He's your quarterback than Steph Curry hitting a three. You know, like it's. I mean, it's that likely that if you start the season with Tom Brady as your quarterback, you're going to a Super Bowl, whether or not he deserves all the credit or not. It is an amazing accomplishment, especially considering, you know, how many times he's been kind of written off for dead or on the decline. Or there is a lot of people who probably thought he was going to go to Tampa and you're going to see a significant dip. I don't think we saw that. I don't think he was the best version of Tom Brady we've ever seen, but certainly was good enough, uh, if not really good in what this team needed to get him there. Oh, there's no question. And, yeah. and, you know, in my opinion, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Yeah. If I, and I've said this for years, if I had one game, if I had one drive uh, or what have you, I would want Tom Brady as my quarterback. Even now. Um, even now. And, and I wrote that coming into this game, excuse me. Um, he's just, he's that good when the money's on the line. I've never seen anybody as clutch as he is. It's like, it's him and Jordan basically in my mind in terms of maybe, you know, maybe Larry Bird, you toss into that discussion, but I've just never seen anybody uh, like him and and certainly uh, his influence, which, you know, let's also acknowledge that um, anything that he may have uh, brought to Tampa and instilled in Tampa, uh, he got from New England. I mean, it's not like Tom Brady came out of Michigan and just was the greatest winner and, and, and knew how to play disciplined football uh, before you know, before he even set foot in New England with Bill Belichick and everybody, but uh, there's no question. I thought Tom Brady. I thought the way he came out in this game on Sunday, uh, the first throw of the game basically set the tone. That yeah. throw 
to Mike Evans and also the one to Scotty Miller before halftime, those were two unbelievable throws. I mean, they don't get any better. And I think you, when you're a team like the Bucks, who haven't been there in a while, now, granted, there are p- players on that team that have been uh, in that spot, like Sue and, and uh, Shaq Barrett, I think, and, and, and some other people. Um, they For Tom Brady to come out on that first third down, the Packers to be in man covers. They run a little, uh, you know, scissor route. And when Tom Brady goes to throw the ball, it's Mike Evans isn't even open going down the left sideline. For Brady to loft it out there and throw an absolute dime, that just relaxes everybody and allows them to do what they did. So Brady played awesome football in the first half. And, and let's go to the first drive of the second half after the turnover, uh, the fumble. But, you know, let's also acknowledge that the Bucs are pretty damn good, and I think I think we all made a mistake, I certainly did, of underestimating how good that team was. Right. That a team I mean, that was – that was you would say, Greg, and, was, was the pack, everybody thought the Packers were the most talented team coming into this game. After the game, does that change your thinking that actually Tampa might be more talented on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I wasn't – no, I, I thought that um, – I thought that the Packers would just get it done. I didn't have any sound reasoning. I just thought okay. that they would, and yeah. they almost did. I mean, um, but I, I just I think you you go position by position in that game, and, and the Packers were much more uh, the 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 Buccaneers were much more talented across the board, and their players played better. I mean, you know, just take their the Bucks defensive ends compared to what the 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 Smiths did for the Packers. It's it's no doubt uh, how well the Bucks played in that game. So you know, that's yeah. a very that's a very talented team that like, look, I think we all made a mistake unless you knew the bucks intimately that you looked at last year. And I think they were, what, what were they? Seven and they were seven and nine last year. And yeah. that was seven and nine in the first year of Arians and bulls with 30 interceptions. And they lost six games by seven points or less. Yeah. That team you know, it, could, have been, could have easily been a, 12, a 10, 11 win easily. Easily, yeah. With Easily. with you know, cut cut those interceptions in half. They probably won at least four of those close games. So you know, a lot of us made a mistake and we didn't realize that. And give Tom Brady credit because he talked to Arians and Jason Light when when they called him about free agency and he really liked what they saw. He said, "Then we have a chance to be special," and I, he was right. So give if you want to give Tom Brady credit for anything, you know, for his vision. I mean, it's just. Uh, he, he, he did a great job. So, you know, he did not close out the game well. I thought the Packers made a lot of mistakes. I thought it was equal points, the Bucks winning the game and the Packers not capitalizing and winning the game and playing bad football and playing bad defense. I thought the Bucks defense, if you ask me what was the difference in the game, to me it was the Buccaneers' defense compared to the Packers' defense. Yeah, Tom Brady was pressured five times in the game. On those five snaps, he was 0 for 4 with a sack. Aaron Rodgers was pressured about like 17 times in the game. That's the difference in the game when you're talking yeah, about and quarterbacks. If, and if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of that defensive line putting mm-hmm. pressure on Mahomes. That's absolutely not, not, not to say not because of Tom Brady, but again, right. the key the key to that game is going to be that because that might be the one true mismatch uh, in that game that really goes hard in in Tampa's favor. Let's move on to the other game here, Greg. Uh, look at the. Uh, uh, quickly, were you surprised the Chiefs had such an easy time with the Bills? Bills have been playing so well uh, for such a for 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 really the whole second half of the season and into the postseason. I was surprised how conservative they were, um, just how 
just, just seemed to just not be aggressive uh, here. And just, I mean, outside of that quick nine point explosion uh, coming off of the turnover, the hard ball there, I mean, KC blew their friggin' doors off. Yeah. I mean, it was 38 to six after that, which I think was more indicative of the game. I think, uh, John, the most surprising thing to me in that game was how well the Chiefs pressured and covered in the back end. I, I've never seen that Chiefs team play man-to-man defense like they did in that game. And I think that was the real difference. And, and it was that and not being able to run the ball to stay balanced. Um, it put too much on Josh Allen's shoulders. And he's just, he's not ready for that yet. Um, I, you know, do I think he can get there eventually? Yeah, maybe, but they're gonna have to get him a lot more help on the offensive line, the running game. They have to get more balanced. They cannot. If they think they're going to win a lot of games just being the Josh Allen show, they're going to have a lot more games like this against good teams. All right. Uh, Let's get quickly to our uh, BSJ member question of the day. Check us out over at BSJ for 11 cents a day on our annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports, but if you're a Patriots junkie, like all of us are, of course, uh, and you're listening to this podcast, so we know you are, Membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Greg Bedard does on the coaches film, direct access to them on weekly chats. So by all means, if you have not subscribed already, please do. This question comes from 2Ds. Is that right, Greg? Yep. Mm-hmm. 2Ds. Uh, Greg, do you think Brady would recommend playing in Foxborough to any established veteran QB that asked him for his opinion? I'm sure it would be all caps with an exclamation point. And oh, no. Uh, what do you think, Brady? Give us uh, give a seal of approval here. I think I think Brady would have a. Ca- I think he would say yes, but with a caveat. I think that he still. I think that he still has a very strong relationship with Josh McDaniels. I think he believes in the offense and what they do there. I think he believes in Bill and in terms of the coaching. But you know, he. I think Brady would be honest about like, look, it's going to be a grind. They're going to be on your ass. Make sure that they, you actually have people to throw to because I didn't have any of those guys. All things being equal, and if you want to compete every year, yeah, it, it's a good choice for you. I don't think he would necessarily be negative. He would just he would give them a real assessment, and it's up to the player. I mean, not every player wants to be coached like that. So, um, I, you know, I think, it's, I think it's up in the air. I think largely Brady would say yes, but it depends on the player. All right. Uh, that'll wrap it up for this edition. Nick will be back later in the week. Uh, Greg, what do you guys think you're going to talk about there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, probably more quarterback roulettes, considering that's that's the the, the essential question of this offseason. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into uh, the Super Bowl a little bit more.